I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. Hola, bonjour, welcome and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the 13th edition of Achtung Millwall, the number one Millwall podcast. And my name is Nick Hart. Well, it's that modern day version of the medieval idea of purgatory this week. Yes, it's the international break. A place of nothingness, a place neither in heaven nor in hell. A place filled with minor European nations playing each other in matches that appear to have no purpose. But fear not, dear listener, we might have no Millwall this weekend to brighten our dull existences, but we do have the world's famous Actong Millwall roundtable conversation, recorded last weekend at a secret location somewhere in Hivergreen, SE12. Due to the increasing speed of modern life, this show was recorded... Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Before the deadline day signing of Mill's first ever Spanish player, Angel Martinez. So ladies and gentlemen, today's show is brought to you in association with our friends at the Punter's Helper, www.theph.co.uk. Welcome to a new way of looking at horse racing. For just £10 per month, the Punter's Helper offers a daily tipping service, as well as detailed analysis on some of the key races and meetings of the season, including the Epsom Derby, the Royal Ascots and the Cheltenham Festival. www.theph.co.uk www.theph.co.uk The Punters Helpers business is profit. Why not join them? Ladies and gentlemen, any form of gambling is of course a high risk investment. So please bet responsibly. 
hello and welcome to Achtung Mill 13, our, f- our favourite roundtable conversation with, uh, to my right, Mr Peter Hearn, the butterfly Af- collector. Afternoon. To my middle, um, Sir Derek King, Hannibal. Hello. To my left, Barry Bongo Perkins. Good afternoon, Nick. Welcome, chaps. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, we speak of Mill's form since the start of the season. We're going to review August. Um, pretty good start to the season, if you look at the results and if you take it on the... On the surface, are, are we excited by the start that we've seen so far? Four wins, four competitive wins, one draw, two losses, one of which was to Southampton. I'm yep. very happy, and I've been a Holloway critic. Um, okay. I wasn't actually enamoured by him, but I think he's got the team playing good football, and I think we're a centre-forward away from being a good side. Do you think um, that's all we're missing, Derek? The, the centre-forward? We need some depth. Yeah. We need some depth, and the depth is being found out by this playing twice a week, start of the season stuff. Because yeah. you see certain players in this system, certain players put a lot of energy into it, and every week you're now seeing Martin and Wolford literally coming off that pitch if they're lasting 90 minutes. Wolford could barely walk at the end of the game yesterday mm. because the, the energy, the demands of that. Um, and we just need a little bit more creative spark in that front line behind the main man. But we need somebody who's going to run a little bit more energetic than uh, Fuller. If Ranagy's the, the bloke, then fine. But actually, the player we need is the Steve Morrison of the first year back. It's been a, there's been a lot of football, that's for sure. I mean, seven games, I think it was, in, in three weeks. That's a, that's a lot by anyone's standards. Tell you what bothers me. I mean, I, I, I think this is classic Millwall. We've, we've got the Leeds home win 2-0. Yeah. Big occasion. It's Millwall versus Leeds. That's a one-off. It's a pantomime. It's an event in its own right. And to a degree... So was Fulham in its, in its own way. So we've got two big games where we played well, pretty, I, I think, two standout games. After that, um, we've, 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 got, we've got pulled you know pulled out a lucky draw up at um, Sheffield Wednesday. And then we struggled, really. I mean, I know we beat Blackpool yesterday, but it, they're not a glamorous side. It wasn't going to be anything on the same scale, on the Richter scale. And we've struggled against direct football. This is what's bothering me a little bit. For me, it's pretty much what I think we all thought would begin the season is that we'd be a lot tougher to beat, that we'd probably nick a few wins um, by the odd goal. Um, I can't see us getting spanked 4-0 or 5-0, the way he's got the team organised and the, the sort of energy levels in the team. But similarly, I can't see us beating teams 3 or 4-0. I think there'll be a lot of 2-1s, a lot of 1-0s, a lot of 1-1 draws. I think it's going to be... But looking at that league, that'll get you through because, again, the topsy-turvy results, you know... Charlton have made a good start, dare I say it. Mm. You know, there's a lot of teams now. I mean, look at your Boltons, you look at your Birmingham's, they're all down the bottom. Look at Fulham. Yeah. I'd rather have our start than theirs yeah. through yeah. being a tidy, well organised, you know, we've talked about it before, I know, but a 60% raw of possession. Um, I know you've got to do something with it, but I think, as H has said, you know, we're maybe that, that bit of creativity away from having a good team. We're not shipping lots of goals. He's sorted out the back four. We've got much better energy levels. The team can get up and down the pitch now with players like Edwards and Malone. I think it's a, it's a good start. It's going to take any manager two years to sort out the shit in there, isn't it? Let's be honest here. Certainly, it certainly will. I mean, just going back to the defence, I mean, I made this point, I think, in yesterday's show, or the last week's show, I should call it, as we're recording on the Sunday. Um, I just think we're struggling a little bit against direct, big, big strikers, direct football. Yeah. Adam Dunn is a He's, you know, he's full of the Millwall fire, but he's not a big bloke. He's, he's, he's struggled a little bit at, um, versus Rotherham, and I think he struggled yesterday. We, 
he will struggle against a bigger six foot three, six foot four yeah. centre forward because sometimes his timing isn't quite there. No. And teams will play on that. They will deliberately put their big fella. Even Fulham did it. They put Rod Allager, they were trying <coughs> to play him up against Dunn as much as they possibly could. Yeah. Because a big figure to call centre forward is should get the better of him. And I think it's inevitably going to happen. Um, you know, and, and, and I think Dunn has quite rightly kept his place in the team. He's played really, really well. Um, yeah, he's going to get shaky when you put, like, yes, what did Black play? Four big six foot four centre forwards out there, including the centre back out there at the end, Clark. You know, and, and Dunn was in the middle of the two big, you know, Webster yeah, and Beavers, yeah, and yeah. they were playing on him. And, and why wouldn't they? And it's going to happen, and I think it's, it's an inevitability about it. Um, but if Dunn keeps playing as he's playing, he's going to make the selection process. You know, he's going to make all the way think about dropping him, which is what we want. Mm. Um, and not everyone's going to play direct football. Not everyone's going to have four, six foot four centre forwards to play against us. Mm. Going back to this start, I mean, I think you can genuinely say we played five potential relegation rivals or bottom half of the table teams. I don't think we've played a good team yet. Fulham are changing. They're, 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 they're changing the way they do it. Leeds are in a mess. Sheffield Wednesday are mid-table mediocrity, I think. Rotherham will be down the bottom. Mm. And, and I think Blackpool inevitably will be again because of all the mess they've got into. So the disappointing result was the Rotherham one because that was a genuine, even this stage, potential six-pointer. Hopefully we've proven wrong we're not getting sucked into that. But... You know, we haven't played anyone good yet. I'm going to be uh, consistently boring for you guys. Uh, <laughs> be the optimist again, I'm afraid. Okay. <clears throat> you, you, you touch on Dunny and that, um, and yeah, I was a bit concerned yesterday about that, and Rotherham especially. You know, that, that big guy up front, but I'm focusing on the positives, and I, I think you've all probably seen it. We are very, very fit. We are fit. We yeah. are a very, yeah. very fit side. A bit like um, myself, Bongo. Yeah, um, that's not why I raised it, but um, but it's a, to me it's really refreshing when we when we you know and I've, I'm going to raise it later about our fitness coach last year, but I won't do it now. Um, but my thing about you know you look at Lee Martin, even Walford, you look at the players, the fullbacks, the engines they've got on them, and you know something that he's definitely done is he's got that team fit. And in yeah. fairness to him, I'll never forget the first time he addressed the fans in the exec club. That is exactly what he said. He said, the reason I am not, I've dropped Dunny today is because he can't get up and down the pitch. He hasn't got the fitness levels that I need yeah. at, at yeah. my full-backs to play. And he said, this team will look nothing like this next August. He did. And, you know, he's brought Edwards in. Maloney's given him a run in the team and given him the confidence. Um, I, think, I think Nick's right. I think the centre-halves... We're going to have to change it on a game-by-game basis in some respect when we get into either a relegation battle or a promotion push. But Pete, we're going to have to change bought, it. He bought Webster on yesterday, didn't he? So Who's he, a big yeah, lad. He's 6'5". He, he, he can have a battle with people. Don't forget, we've still got shit on the books. Yeah, yeah. You know, shit If you need a player to dig in 20 minutes from here, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the look of Webster, not only as a... Apparently, I think he looks decent on the deck as well. Yeah. Beaver's work on the deck has improved immensely. But but personally, I mean, I've been hearing a whisper about this and, and, and also looking at when Bailey's come on, Williams has been moved out of that holding role. I think Williams will be the centre-half and I think inevitably then Dunn stays a number because you cannot play mm. two sub-six-foot centre-halves in the modern game. And that probably means Webster's the... The long-term the solution, yeah. Um, but and Jack Powell's emergence has, has even... Complicating yeah, that picture yeah. more because but the centre back will come to him obviously. Yeah. But you're, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna the, you're the mistakes you make 
you're going to remember as a centre back. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I, I mentioned the thing about being optimistic. I'm just more optimistic about us going forward. Yeah. And defensively, we're better than we've ever been. But yeah. we are going to make mistakes, I'm afraid. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Fulty is going to make a mistake this season, and he'll probably yeah. make one very, very soon. You know, um, you look at the save he did yesterday, he kept us in the game, really, didn't he? He kept us in the game. He's had, he's had a good go at making his mistakes, hasn't yeah. he? He's done some. <laughs> and he's also made some bloody good saves this season. He, he certainly yeah. has. I mean, but actually, thinking about yesterday and you say about making mistakes, Blackpool were dead and buried. And you go back, we would have won that game 3 or 4 0 yesterday, I think, mm. with the way we were playing. Yeah. Suddenly, I can't quite remember what happened, but, but somehow we put a weak ball in, it sort of got a funny deflection, went off on the right, suddenly it's three players, we've got no one over there, yeah. everyone's tearing over there, yeah. and then tearing over to cover that, they leave the gaps on the other side. Yeah. You know, we were all over the place, we were disorganised, and it's, it was unusual because we don't often get like that. Mm. But again, it's, it's, it, we just got caught out, we made a defensive mistake, it will happen. Especially when you play adventurous fullbacks, because because you know we do. Malone was mild. he was nowhere to be seen at that point because he was. Well, he's looking to get forward, isn't he? You know, Joint top scorer, Malone. Yeah, is he? Mm-hmm. They're all on one. <laughs> Six players all on one. And um, and and you know we will we will concede, but genuinely it's a tight formation. We keep it. I just can't. I can't see any teams. The next home game is Forest, and I might fucking. Yeah, yeah I was going to say famous. I can't see any team putting four or five past that back four and that goal. Only if we go out to chase a game being two goals down, which is a classic problem. If you know, we've seen it before when you've gone out and you've chased the a game. game, yeah. yeah you know, and you, and you we we seem to have one every season, and actually it's normally September, October time. We need, we're so, about uh, maybe it will be Forest, but but we you know when you go out and it's Holloway's starting you, you know, to chase the game. If you if you're goal down, two goals down, four mm. or four forwards. You look at yesterday's bench; it was very very attacking. That, that for me is the difference this year. We've got genuine competition and we can mix and match the players. He, he played Williams as a centre-half on Tuesday night. Yep. Mm. We know he can do it. It's not his favourite position, but he did a reasonable job there against Premier League players. Mm. We know that if need be, we can switch Dunny to right back again if Edwards picks up a suspension or an injury or whatever. We've got options at every every position there, including left-back with Briggs, Biggs, whatever his name is. Yep. We, we've got options all around the team whereas last year we didn't have that we, no. we, there's one place we haven't got the options Where's and that? that's replacing Wolford and Martin um, and that that energy in the slightly more advanced positions I don't think we've got natural replacements Guy is a bit more of an attacking player he's not perhaps such a hard working player um, and, and actually if you look we, you know, we've talked about Sean Scannell that's, mm. that's what he's coming in to do I think, I think when Wolford and Martin go off the pitch I mean, Fulham was a classic example of that. Changed we ended up with Jimmy, Ab- yeah. Jimmy Abdu on the right wing. Yeah, he swapped yeah. four centre forwards. Lee Martin was knackered and ended yeah. up at centre forward for part of the game as well. Guy, it was all over the place because we had no natural direct replacements for Martin and Wolford mm. in the wider areas. I, I can't see them, and even the players coming through aren't that type of player. Easter came on. He's he's not a wide man. Where does he fit in this? Don't know. No, I mean, we'll come on to the, the, the striking question. It was one of the things I put down on my list. There. I mean, we've mentioned Sean Scannell. By the time this show goes out, it might be old news, and it might be it might be, might be the, yeah. the, the deal might be sewn up or dead in the water. Who knows? But Sean Scannell, as we're speaking, is rumoured to be signing for Millwall very, very shortly. Um, I, may, I make you right. I mean, the, the competition across the board, Peter. I, I can't offhand think of a time where I've seen so much 
competition for places across almost the whole squad. The weakness being what you might call the, the winger. They're not wingers, but they're that kind the of... Attacking the attacking, attacking wide yeah. midfielders, yeah. whatever way you want to call it. Uh, Scannell will surely um, improve us on that front. Um, as far as the strikers concerned, I've, I've listed the, the names here. I mean, Ricardo Fuller, what do we think of Fuller as a, as a striker? He doesn't look particularly dangerous, but he does a, a fair amount of work for me up front. Pete's the best man to start here, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've coated him off, to be honest. I, I have. There's no two ways about it. If, if you'd have been a neutral at that game yesterday and you said one of our players was a regular in the Premier League for season after season, who is it? They wouldn't have picked Fuller out. No. You'd have gone for Jack Powell to be You'd have gone for Jack Powell, to be fair. <laughs> he, he don't look interested. We don't know what Holloway's asking him to do, so <clears> maybe I'm unfair. Mm. But, he, you know, we had, I think Malone had three shots at tar- on target, Williams had three on target, McDonald had four. Your striker ain't troubled the goalkeeper. You know, he didn't even jump for an header when he, when the one cross went into the box. He jumped well too late for it. I just don't see what his his remit is. He's old. It's a difficult role playing that lone striker. We know that, and it takes a certain kind of player to do that. But you know, people say, "Oh, he gave an assist." Yeah, well, he's playing out on the left. Is that what you want your one striker to be? Yeah, yeah playing on the left. I um, I honestly thought when we signed him. He was going to be this bench player that comes on, yeah, yeah. you know, we, to we make bought, an impact. Yeah, we yeah. bought Gregory, you know, and, and we're still not seeing the best of him yet. But I always thought, you know, for like, yeah, do you know what he could do a job for us? Last yeah. twenty, Last bring 20. him on, you know, we might be one, or we could go and nick it for us. Yeah. I never ever envisaged he'd be starting, and you know, he he looked okay against Leeds, and he, you know, he set a go up at Fulham. Yes, he did. But yeah. yesterday, yeah. from a wide position, he was yeah. poor yesterday. I thought, I really thought he was poor. People slag off Johnny Marquis, but I thought the game he played on Tuesday night was better than the game that it Fulham was. played yesterday. It right. was. He looked leaner, he looked hungrier, he got he into wide areas more, he chased more. Now, you know, you compare him with a 21-year-old kid or 22-year-old kid in the prime of his life with mm. a 34-year-old who's coming to the end. If we'd signed Ricardo Fuller two years ago, perhaps he could have done what he was being asked to do, but I don't think he can at the moment. It's clear that Lee Gregory isn't seen at the moment at least as the as as the option whether that's fitness whether it's confidence whether it's the type of player I don't know um, so I think it's like this Ranagy guy I think it's a style we're playing I mean I'm probably lucky I think the only start that Lee Gregory's had is up at Sheffield mm. which I saw but again and it's the same as we're talking about Fuller really because we're hitting long balls at him yeah. expecting him to be the you know he's a strong guy and he's, he's does his best at holding but that is a very specialist role, isn't it? To be strong enough and big enough to be able to contain the ball and skillful enough to lay it off well is, is, is a, you know, isn't is a widespread um, skill. Um, and we were kind of asking Lee Gregory to do the same up there. Now, both players, um, probably Gregory more so, looked, struck me as the kind of the Morrison comparison. The player that you, you put the ball through and ask him to run yeah, on to. Remember, Morrison can do both. People forget when he played up front for Wales, he basically essentially was a non-scoring target man. Mm. Most of his game was played with his back to goal. And actually, to me, an interested Morrison, the Morrison of 2009 or whatever, mm. is exactly the centre forward we need now because it gives you an option over the top, an option in the channel, an option back to goal. And at the moment, Fuller's not really given us, he's given us little bits of all, all of it. Lee Gregory, not seen enough of him to tell. Quite like the look of what I've seen. Mm. Does look a player a little bit short in confidence, needs a goal. Doesn't look... I mean, it's like Morrison. Morrison, you give him time to think in front of the goal, he couldn't score. No. Yeah, you give him yeah. no time to think, it's instinctive. Yeah. He, he was deadly at times. And Gregory looks a little bit like that to me. Well, and I, wasn't that Gregory's highlights real showing him scoring two or three over the kicks? And 
you know, he yeah. was a bit of a. He's clearly got the yeah. ingredients. Yeah. I mean, you don't score any level at that, you know, uh, to, to the degree that he has unless you've got the basics there. We've invested two hundred and fifty thousand reportedly in, into his, for his services. Um, I'm just a little bit fascinated. I mean, you know, we mentioned John Marcus in midweek. I wasn't at the games. So I, I don't know how well John played or not, but you'd have thought that was the ideal um, situation if we if we basically written the, the league cup off as a uh, and by naming a reserve side, we yeah, pretty much say you know we, we just want to work out rather than progress. Yeah. You'd have thought, uh, logically, that that was a Lee Gregory, a Mayframe situation. It, it was the curious selection that night, particularly even more curious in that John's gone out on loan to, to, to Cheltenham, Cheltenham, and yeah. obviously that deal must have been in the offing, I would have thought. And um, Gregory's sitting there and doesn't even come on at any time. No, doesn't feature. Um, My you know, take on that curious. is, I reckon the deal was in the offing. I reckon they've said, we'll play Marquis, come and have a look at him. See what you think. See yeah. what you think. Now, I saw his interview, um, I thought it was on the league show or what, but it was a YouTube clip. He sounds devastated. I think he's been told there's no, no job for him at Melbourne. Yeah. Um, all he kept saying was, you've got to ask him on the way out, you've got to ask him on the way out. He hit the post twice yesterday and had a hand in their goal assist. You know, he's an hard-working player. At Melbourne, we love hard-working players. Whether he could step up and get a bit of confidence and what, I don't know. I think in his heart of heart, he knows he probably ain't going to make it. On the way, he's probably had that chat with him. But... Did he play any worse on Tuesday than Fuller played yesterday? No, he fucking didn't. No. Without a doubt. What do we think of Matthias Renegi when he came on yesterday? I, I, I probably didn't, that's slightly unfair to judge on what, 20 minutes he came? And we were under the caution at times. We, we'd sat back. I mean, again, this is another thing. When those energy levels drop, we, we sit further back the pitch. Suddenly the formation changes. Mm. So it didn't help him. He probably had three or four different people around him, outside him, along. It, it, it. But I don't know. Didn't, didn't see anything in there that. Because he'd been playing at Watford though. Because I mean, there's another. That likewise, there's a YouTube clip of him, and yeah. um, I think it goes back from when he was abroad. Mm. Um, and it, it, like I say, when we signed, I was like, and the fucking hell's he? Geezer yeah. mm. lives opposite me, he's a staunch Watford fan, goes home and away all the time, and I said to him, What's he like? He said he wasn't fit when he first came to Watford, took him three or four games, but then he hit it. Mm. Yeah. He said, and he's a good player. He said he'd do well for you he's in that formation. Yeah. He said, but he's got to keep fit. Mm. Now we've got that luxury again. It's like, that's the, 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 the dilemma for me. I mean, Barry mentioned earlier, quite rightly, about how fit the team look. Holloway, in all his interviews, put so much emphasis on fitness. Yeah. Yet in his first game, he declares that he knows Fuller's only 75% fit yeah. Yeah, in his, in his post-match yeah. conference. And I'm sitting screaming at him, going, well, why do you fucking play him then? If everything's about fitness, why do we want to get other teams' players fit and why are we playing 75% fit strikers in a 90-minute game or whatever? Bring him on as that 20-minute impact sub. You can see in our games, we saw it at Fulham, we saw it against Rotherham, we see it yesterday. We get the 70 minutes, <coughs> and it's almost like the team are dead. They're just, yeah. They have worked so hard for that first hour that they're fucking dead. Mm. And that's why we're using three subs every match now, because mm. Barry's again at the point, you can't keep up that fucking level of energy. I mean, all managers have their quirks. Kenny Jackett would have his quirks, and he had his favourite players, yeah. his favourite ploys. You could, you know, it became predictable in the end. Holloway, I, I, I still can't quite get my head round. I'm still not sure about him. And you know, he'll, he'll point at the results and say, "Look, this is the best start Mills had in you know long, a long while at this level." And I can't argue with that. But then you do look at these illogical decisions, and you think, "Well, what goes on in your head? Why, why did you do that?" Um, 
what do we think of Holloway? Do we do we do we like him? Do we do we do we rate him? Do we think he's a, a uh, manager he's for the long term success of the club? He's definitely better than what we had. Put it that way. Um, <laughs> Who was that we're talking about there, man? Fucking son. Um, on the Anderson. Anderson. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, what happened? No, that's starting off. Um, I don't know, me, again, I seem to be a bit of an optimist, but I'm going with it. And I think, there's, to me, there's still this cloud when he left Palace. Um, the breakdown, kind yeah, of. Meltdown. But, and, and in fact, I don't know if you actually go back and watch that interview. You look at him, he's a beaten man. Yeah. Right. But the thing that's flushing out for me now, you know, you look at what's happened with Pulis and, mm. you know, there's something not right. There, at that club, yeah. yeah. The chairman's fucking mental, aren't he? Yeah. He's radio mental. Yeah. There's something always there. And I just, I don't know, and I just think, all the way to me, he's come and he's embraced us. You know, he, you know, all the old bollocks about, you know, he gets us and all that. But, you know, I've, I've witnessed a couple of the interviews in the exec. Um, you know, I, I, I think we all know it's well documented. You know, them boys went to Portugal. Mm. Like, they were out running at seven. Mm. You know, they were not on a jolly up. No, no, no. This like, was he's worked some fucking mm. hard. And, you know, don't want to go back to Fuller, but he missed that. Mm. Didn't he? You know, so he's took the squad out there and he's fucking worked them hard. Mm. And I think we're seeing the benefits. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, like, so even the comments he made around the fans with you know with the Jimmy Sutton stuff, I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, he said it. Let's move on. But mm. there's something about him in there. I don't know what it is. There's an unsettling quality to him. I don't know. I can't put it into words. No. I think there's almost like a, a, a false energy at times. He wants to love us. And the more he loves us, the more he wants to love us. I don't know, it, it makes, makes no sense. We summed it up the other day. We said, he's almost like, when you first... When, when you're out drinking or in a pub or whatever and someone brings a new mate in and they want to be part of the fold, it's almost like at times he's trying to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, he's, he's trying to say the right things, but I think we're all a bit cagey around him and looking him up and down thinking, hang on a minute, he won't Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He could, he could easily turn against us. I think if he'd have been, you know... The, if the Wembley turnout had gone on when he was there, yeah. I think he'd have come out and slated us, whereas Kenny kept his counsel a little bit, didn't he? And yeah. I think it could go either way. I think as much as we've all fell in love with him very, very quickly, you know, it's like having the mad bird and it. We could all fall out of love a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. yeah. I think he could put you've hit a, a important thing now. I think his biggest challenge is not managing the players no. and the chairman. It's, it's the fans. fans. He's lifted the club. He's done well. I mean, it was on its arse. He's done in the, the months he's been there. He's done a fantastic job of lifting the club. Even little things like I saw the change room's been done up. He, he makes the yeah. players feel that they they you know mm. they're part of something, mm. and that can only be a good thing, I mm. think. And if we ride that crest of the wave, you know, if I was John Berylson, I'd be fucking nervous now because if we're still sitting fourth or fifth mm. in January, <laughs> he knows that it's the best fucking chance we're ever going to have a promotion. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got to say, it's shit or bust now. Do I throw the three or four million at it now yeah. and try and get there? Or do I think, fuck it, let's let it slide well, a little bit and stay yeah, where yeah. we are? Because he's funny, because he, he didn't do it back when we first came up, because we were in that sort of position. Back yeah, under Kenny. You yeah. know, and, and, and we didn't throw the dice that But year. with Holloway, it's a different kind of fish, because he's got that fucking yeah. motivation. He's done it before. Mm-hmm. He yeah. can keep yeah, it set, and he's got a proven track. He's done it before. Yeah, I mean, my, I, mean I, I had two issues when he joined. One was the mental frame of mind we've spoken about. He did look a... A, a a shell and we're now yeah. looking at the situation of Palace with a benefit of a year seeing someone like Puyas who, who seems a pretty strong yeah. character yeah. walk away from it yeah. um, so so he seems to have settled down he seems to enjoy he seems full of bees he seems a, a man who's enjoying what he's doing yeah. and, 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 and a bit of fun and whatever and I was worried that he wouldn't tighten us up defensively but he has 
and he, it's the system that he's put in. He's injected a, uh, introduced a modern system, and and that work rate is is what's doing it in, mm. in a way because he, he has you know we've got nine men ten men behind the ball whenever anyone gets at us and instantly we've got seven eight men bombing forward to to to, to attack teams and and he's tightening us up and that's what that system is very good at played well. He, <clears throat> we'll come onto a system as practice, mm. but he's setting a system that's hard to beat if you play it well. I mean, it brings, I might as well bring it on to the, the, the subject I've highlighted there because I think it's actually quite an important one. He, the, the system that we're playing, I don't know what, what number system you give it, a 4 5 one, three, it. Three, two, 3 2 whatever, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, 8 um, 4 4 2. Uh, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, I mean, does it. Let's ask a question. Does it excite us? I mean, it's not the old school four four two wingers. I did an interview with Nez. I don't know if anyone listened to it, but he, yeah. he was kind of like, um, you know, yearning for the old days of um, you know Paul Ifill on one side and uh, Mark Bertram in the middle, and you know, yeah. Timmy Cahill going box to box. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but um, does it does it turn us on? Is it is it the kind of football that we want to watch when we go to Millwall? Because it's it's a theatre of drama, Millwall. And it needs a certain type of well, football. The, the biggest thing to me is is uh, I mean you've only got to look at the balls Danny spreading across the pitch at the moment. I'm mm. alone, and I'm just thinking he's encouraging players to play a bit of football. Yeah. Now whether that's coming from the formation, I don't know. It could be from his management style, but I, I quite like it at the moment. You know, and even the little I can't remember what game it was when Bailey came in. You know, and he looked really, really good to me. He was passing the ball well. You know, if Jimmy Abdu's put some good passes Jimmy in. Jimmy Abdu's the highest pass completion. So, <laughs> so no, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, so has that, has that come from the formation? I, I don't know. It's a bit of both, isn't it? Because the formation asks players to work hard and get around a pitch and make themselves available. But also it gives the players have got the confidence and are being encouraged to do it. So I think it's a, it's a bit of both. Mm. Um, For me, I think it's a bit of progression. I think, I think he's... he's told the players how he wants them to play he's now got them to play the way he wants them to play it's about fine tuning now isn't it it's about that adding that creative yeah. spark making sure the players are making the runs to support whoever the striker is and I think I think you know we're, we're, we are in that bedding in period now you know he, he's told anyone who comes in the squad can now slot in now because mm. they, they're being told in the development team how he wants them to play for me that can only be a good thing is it exciting like the old Sheridan days no probably not but football's moved on, and we don't want to be the one team who don't move on. I'm not into all this, it's not a 4-4-2, it's a 4-2-1-6-4-4 and all that. It, it don't fucking interest me. I don't, I don't analyse tactics. I analyse passion, ability yeah. and, and determination when I sit and watch a football match. And I'm seeing that. Mm. Am I excited by it? I was pretty excited at Fulham. In that first half hour, we'd have ripped anyone apart the way we fucking yeah. played. There yeah. ain't a team who could live with us in that first 20 minutes. No. 20 minutes like that. that. The passion, the speed, the pace we played at, we, it was obvious we was going to fight, but we'd have took anyone apart in that league. Here's the thing, Peter, and I, I, I'm probably a little bit of a... I don't know if I'm a sceptic, but I'm, I'm probably the, the one voice here that's a little bit um, contrary to, to, to this. I mean, I, I take it it's the modern style, let's, let's say that. Yeah. Um, from the Premier League, it's the, the current style. The current style. Let's let's not forget that four four two was a modern formation, yeah. weren't they? Because these things going and it's gone in, in and out of fashion. They're going vogue, yeah. and, and at the moment, most Premier League sides, and that's what we are aspiring to be, the, the top half of the Championship in general, will play this possession style of football. Um, 
continental one might one mm. might have called it once upon a time, and that's that's fine. Um, does it excite me? Um, it, it, your your point's good, Peter. Yeah, I mean at the Fulham, where we are the away side, we're setting up to contain an attractive, expensive. Premier League side, not not very long removed, and they're going to come at us, and we're looking to hold them back. Yeah. I think it's ideal tactics for that. At home, at the Den, when we're playing Rotherham, um, we're playing like the away side. That, that, that's what bothers me a little. There is there is a danger that if everyone adapts to this current style of football, that every team just fucking cancels each other out. Because yeah. if you all want sixty percent of the game, math says you can't fucking have sixty percent right. of the game. If there's yeah. two teams. So there is this danger that you'll just fucking cancel each other out completely. But, you know, if we are aspiring to get in the Premier League, 4-4-2 hoofball up to two big men ain't going to fucking cut it. You know, no, no. your Stokes are now <coughs> finding it out, aren't they? You know, I know they got a good result the other day, but you can only get so far with that, can't Stoke you? Stoke have changed. Stoke yeah. have changed. They've changed. That's why they got rid of Pulis yeah. and, and brought in Mark Hughes. I mean, I mean, look at Swansea. The best model I can give you yeah. is Swansea. Mm. You know, we, we spoke a couple of podcasts ago about that's the sort of model for the club that mm. Millwall should have. Build it slowly, steadily, progress yeah. it, have good foundations. And I think that's probably what the chairman's aiming at, a bit of stability around the club, slow progression. Mm. But actually, they've done it right. You know, they have done it right. And they, they, up until probably when the results are in the day, they were sitting top of the fucking Premier League, weren't they? Yeah. You know, I'm sure we can remember that game they played us before they went up Swansea. Yeah. Fucking ruined us. They must have had 75 percent all, all over the park. Oh, I always saw that as the the start of the death of Kenny Jacket, if you like, because yeah, I yeah. think he looked at the way we ripped apart, tried to introduce us to an extent to it. Yeah. The next season, it didn't work. He went back to to, to type. Um, Kenny Jacket never signed the football. Perhaps never got the best of the footballers. To, to do that I mean he did say Scott Malone after all who would pony the first year and the jacket but since then I mean I think that's a Premier League footballer in the making Scott Malone See I don't think Kenny believed in what he was trying to do no, well, he, he, he was a Watford yeah. you know the back to the old days the yeah, 80s long ball yeah, when he worked at Man City's academy he must have been starting to think a little bit more, mm. you know about this style of football I, I mm. You know, and I think this is the other thing. Holloway stands a chance of converting the fan base a little bit more than Kenny Jacket ever would. Yeah, so um, point. Sorry, just on that though. You, I mean, that was one of the reasons Richard Shaw left, if you remember. Yeah. He yep. had a big fallout with Kenny, didn't he? And right. he, he really wanted to change the style of football we were playing. To what we, the yeah. Some of the and, we're and you know, and you think Richard Shaw, defender. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he played for us, he was he was centre back, wasn't he? Yeah. So you know, even then. There was there was challenge there around you know mm. Kenny this ain't right it ain't working. This it's the modern. I mean, if you go to any coaching course now, um, and Sean Dyche is one of the highest uh, ranked, not ranked, um, rated, rated young yeah. coaches in the country. Even though he was a you know a mm. right bruiser of a defender in him in many ways, similar to, to Shaw. Similar to McCarthy um, in, in, the, in the way when he was. Yeah, a, I mean McCarthy. Funny, some way, some of his football was seen yeah. ahead of his time. We played a bloody diamond the other night, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, back to 1992, isn't it? Um, but, but you do find now that they go through these, the young coaches go through these FA courses, get very, very educated very quickly, and of course they've got all their qualifications in two or three years, and everything on an FA course now is about possession, technical ability, giving players a space and creativity to, to, to do things, and that's what this is coming through. You're starting to see it in the young coaches. So Sean Dyche has played 4-4-2, yeah. but he's got them playing... 
a more modern, form. a more thoughtful style. Of but he's got he's got a better two than we'll ever. And he's got two fantastic strikers who can both bury the fucking ball in the yeah. back of the net and get fifty goals as a partnership. We yeah. ain't got that. One of those. So do us I'm well. wondering how much of our style of play is actually down to Bircham and not Holloway, because Holloway's a bit. You know, he was never a football purist, was he? He played four two three one at Palace. Did but he? he was lucky there. I know we slate off Mr. Zahar, and I actually mm. like the kid Balassi that he's, he had. He had Balassi and Zahar, mm. who were two very, very good, energetic. But Blackpool, he didn't. He had that Taylor Fletcher yeah. bloke, and but you know, know. didn't he have a couple of players at Blackpool? I thought he had a couple who were quite useful on the flanks. Um, in, in, he had Ince, uh, yeah, yeah, he had Ince and Matt Phillips. Ince and Matt Phillips, you know, wide players with a lot of ability, and I think Lee Martin perhaps is getting to that point. Wolford. Isn't going to be that player, but I mean, I like Wolford always. Wolford can turn a game, you know. Yeah. He, he, went, he had a little yeah. run yesterday, didn't he? Where you know, on another day, he could have could have scored a goal. But, but you know, looking at that, you look with the system broadly we're playing is not dissimilar to what Chelsea are playing, but they're playing it with mm. hundred million pounds worth of talent. And yeah, they're playing it with hundred quid, you know, hundred quid worth of talent, <laughs> and that's the difference. You you you. you, you, you you know, you haven't you've got the ability to buy the player. You're, you're trying to play the football with players who aren't. But that's the point for me: is you've either got to buck the trend and say, "I subscribing to this four-two-three-one bollocks. I'm going to stick with a four-four-two and just fucking have it," and buck the trend and do well with it. But if you don't buck the trend and do well with it, you end up having a relegation battle okay. and shooting down through the leagues, like you know, possibly Luton did and teams like that. It's, it could easily happen. It could happen to Birmingham. Let's face it. They could fucking find themselves banging trouble. This well, year. One of the things I sense at the moment is that Holloway is here for the long term. It seems every, everything yeah, you hear about it, he's yeah. changed a lot <clears throat> around the club, within the club. He's putting a, more of an emphasis on youth. A lot of the kids have got numbers. I can remember in the family book, there was the, the chapter about releasing the kids from the youth set. We seem to have some very good youth kids that around at the time. Well, we let them all go because we had nowhere for them to go after they were 18 years old. And now you've got this under-21 league. We've got half a dozen of kids who are playing regularly in that who are first-team squad numbers. We saw half of them last mm. Tuesday. Yeah. Um, Scott Fitzgerald, by all accounts, was offered a job at Fulham in the summer and turned it down to stay with us. It all points to the fact that we're going to start trying to bring through more of our own talent, and we do seem to have some talent in amongst them now. Well, let's, um, um, let's mention Jack Powell. I mean, you, the, the, we're on the subject now. First I've seen of Jack Powell. Likewise, yeah. I, yesterday, I, 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 I wasn't there yeah. Tuesday night. But, I mean, as a, as a debut, I, I know it wasn't his full debut, it was his league debut, but so let's not get stuck on, you know, um, split hairs, but I thought it was the most assured performance I've seen yeah. ever. I can't think of anyone Tuesday I've seen. Tuesday night, I don't know if H remembers it, but one of their £12 million <laughs> midfielders was standing waiting for the ball. And Powell just stepped in, chested it down, brought it down, sidestepped the gazer and pinged a 40-yard pass. Mm. And I just fucking stopped and went, fuck me, yeah. where's this kid been hiding? Yeah. He's a fucking player. Because yeah. he was making Premier League players look fucking stupid yeah. on Tuesday night. Well, in the first half, Southampton set off, sat off us a little bit. Yeah. And, they, and they gave him room to play and he played. As they pushed on in the second half, he found the space. And I was worried when he's, you know, when I saw his name on the team sheet, I was excited and a little bit worried. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, this is, this is league football. They're going to be on top time, of us. They're yeah. going to be really... Yeah. But actually, they, they didn't really get about us. And he played even better right. in, in my mind yeah. and and he's the player that I think Holloway would have liked Josh Wright to have been against Rotherham yeah. so he's playing that deep role but he can ping a pass I mean, yeah. you know like you say the kid can pick a pass 
you know, as I, as I understand it, I mean, some of this might be wrong, but he was 10 years at West Ham, released when he was 19 last year. Right. He he was on trial at Chelsea, I think, at one point, right. looking at their youth setup, so clearly highly rated. Yeah. Um, and he came to us. What, whatever reason he came to us, I'm not quite sure, and they were quite understood that, and he was really rated from day one. Yeah. If we hadn't had the setup we've got now in the, in the youth system, the under-21s, he might have gone on. He yeah. would probably have never come to us. He probably would have slid down into League Two football and come back up in a way that some players do. Mm. Um, or he may have been lost forever. Mm. But we've played him. We've we've nurtured him. As I, I think he broke his foot or his ankle or something at the back end of last season. I think we might have seen him a bit right. last season. I think I remember him. I think it was him walking around in a ankle boot towards the end of the season right. with Nelson and Pavey. And I think we might have seen a bit more then. And yeah. he's come back and, and, and he's been around the first team squad in pre-season and he's taken his chance. And, and I think actually now he's, he's complicated the selection dilemma. Yeah. Because even when Bailey's back, you know, there's another passer in there. In he's term, a Bailey and an Abdo mixed into one. Yeah, because he does the work side. Yeah. Right? And this is yeah, what yeah. I was watching yesterday. His assuredness on the ball was, was something, you know, something that, that, that struck you as soon as you saw him. The confidence to take responsibility for free kicks and direct... You know, yeah. mature professionals. Well, you, you, I thought that was, that was a standout. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a common, but the first half, I think it was, he came from nowhere to make an absolutely crucial challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic challenge that he got in. He had a couple of other crunches. He got crunched a couple of times himself because they realised he was. Well, their sub, their sub come on and yeah. crunched him. Yeah, and he was proper, uh, but yeah. he wouldn't let it show. No, no. and he, I think that's why he got taken off in the end. Yeah, was he tried it was to run it off. off. Yeah, but he got it with a dirty I think, tackle. I think it was that, that was a red card for me. I think it was partly that, but also he just ran himself in the ground. Yeah. He played two, you know, two lots of ninety minutes almost in 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 a week. And I mean, he does look a terrific player, but also he's he's the sort of kid that that you're going to see more of in the English game. Mm. Um, comfortable yeah. with the ball. Technically, much much more gifted, more awareness of space. Fred, what with glimpses of seeing him, he, he seems to have an ability on the ball that, that is mature. Mm. Um, you know, there's a maturity about these kids because they, they they've learned to play the football, and that's how kids are being trained and coached all the way through now. It's interesting you just asked about Holloway. Mm. You know, that's a brave decision, Holloway. Really, yeah. bringing him in. I didn't like I, say, I didn't see. No, no. I came in. I see he was on the starting lineup, and I'm thinking. Kenny Jackett, other managers would have done that. No, no. You know, it wasn't the percentage choice, was it? You know, no, so no. He's, I heard um, Jimmy's gone back to France. France I think he's, a few, he's, he's had, yeah. a, had to go for a few. Exactly. Months, so it might have been forced upon him. But you know, I was hearing stories about Josh Wright's been given a clean slate. You know, mm. all the way rates him. So you know, well, I need another way to find him in there. Well, to be honest, I don't think it was that difficult decision after choosing not. No, I think if he'd done it and we hadn't seen him Tuesday, everyone would have said, "What the fucking hell is this all about?" Kind of kid in, the, in in this game but because people would see him and got excited by him Tuesday and the message boards were buzzing about him mm. you know like I say I was mixed, a mixture of fear and excitement when I saw his name on the team sheet yesterday because I'd seen him play Tuesday I thought this kid's a player at the same time I'm thinking we're pitching a young kid in, in a, you know, a game mm. we need to win because if we'd lost this one after losing to Rotherham after losing to Southampton it, yeah. it could all have gone really downhill he's a local lad yeah no, he's West Ham. He's West Ham. He's a West Ham. West Ham for a few, mate. Fucking hell, he was shit. There must be a league table of West Ham clowns this year, so he must be down the bottom. Oh, he he was there with Harry Harry Cripps. What what I hope with a kid is that, for me, it's going to go one of two ways. Is he going to have two or three games and then get dropped again and then have come back and have one? Like the mistake we've made with Josh Wright. Yeah. Or does Holloway sit him down and go, look, 
you fucking had a good start here, son. You can make that position your own. Yeah, yeah. But fucking show me that every week. Yeah. He can't, he can't play like that every week. Of course he can't. But it's how he, how he motivates the kid now and how he man manages him. Because clearly he's got it all in the kit bag. It's can he produce it every week. Right. But we ain't, you know, if he goes on loan to Cheltenham, mm. he ain't going to help us. No. He ain't going to help him. I, I think the only way, actually, I'd take it, I think he's played his way in a contention and he will yeah. be there. The challenge for Holloway is to continue to pick him when he does have a bad game. Yeah. Because it's so easy to drop. Yeah. No, Certain players, it's easy to drop. You know, Jimmy Abdu has a shit game. It's easy to drop him. Yeah. But, um, you know, someone like Bailey might have a shit game and it's harder to drop because he's a more seasoned pro and he's been around and people say, oh, what's he done dropping him? Um, to a degree, we've not seen much of Fred. I mean, there's the same argument yeah. to apply with Fred on your dinner. Um, I thought Shaw didn't really mean some out of promise when he mm. first saw him. But then he's just slightly not quite broken through yet. Well, he hasn't been picked and, and he hasn't appeared. Yeah. Tuesday when he came on, he, he wants the ball yeah. and he's direct, yeah. Fred. He, he got the ball and he went over to the wing, nicked it off O'Brien at one point and was head down and just running at their back four. Now, that might bring a different dimension to our squad. Um, you know, whether he can do that for the last 20 minutes if we're chasing a game or not, I don't know. It would be hard to do that mm. against some of the teams we're going to play against, like mm. your Forests and your better organised teams. But he's just a, you know, he's a different kind of player. For me, Jack Powell looks more like a very young um, Parker. Mm. I mean, we came yeah. the life off a of Parker over at Fulham, but he ran the midfield, didn't he? Let's face it. Yeah. I'd have fucking swapped him for almost any of our midfielders. Yeah, I was the eyes. He was, he was the boss. No, he's, he's, he's a quality. He's a, quality. you know, and, and have we got that now in a, in a Jack Powell? I don't know. Again, it's slightly different, but, but you know, people forget Scott Parker was a very skillful youngster and came through and got that move quick to Chelsea. Mm. Yeah. And, all, and then he changed the way he played. But he wanted the ball all the time, I think, and right, I think be, Powell wants the ball. I think you're hitting on a problem. Uh, Fred, Fred, first of all, he's only 17 years old. Mm. Still, isn't he? Mm. I think, yeah. whatever. So he's mm. still very, very young. And, and, and there's, a, there's a lot of maturity between 17 and 20, both in terms of physicality and, and your football brain. Um, but he's clearly got a lot of promise. I think, I sense with him, they're not quite sure where his best role is. Because mm. um, I know I'd seen him play once as one of the holding players in a three, uh, midfield three, with him sitting in front of back four. Mm. Oh, what's he playing there for? And it was to try and give him more game awareness. I think it's about the awareness in there of what's going on around you. And sitting there, you can see it. Yeah. Whereas if you push slightly up, there's... It's all more angles, and I'm not sure at the moment whether he can play the Wolford Martin role. Has he got the legs? Has he got the pace for that? He's, he's sort of come on and done something slightly different in that role. Could he play the ten role? Sort of where yeah. Scott McDonald's sort of not quite been playing. I mean, it was nice to see him yesterday. I thought he yeah. was very, very good yesterday. He's certainly a, a much um, improved. But, but you know, in other formations, he's, he's looked lost, Scott. McDonald's. So, so where do you play, Fred? I think is the question for him at the moment. And, and can you play two? I Very think, young players in the midfield together. I think also I'm mean, loath to criticise a young player at this age because I mean clearly he's young, he's got a lot to learn yet. The only thing I picked up with Fred, as a contrast with, with Powell, is that Powell looks like the kind of player you could trust to, to do the right thing in the right situation, whereas Fred is ever so slightly in love with the tricks and the turns. I'm not sure he's always going to take the right decision and use those tricks sparingly enough. I do agree, but then Martin's still guilty of that. Yeah. You know, Martin, I know he's he, he's, so. he's not young in age so much, but he's young in terms of experience. Mm. But there's been times this season where Martin's done the old Paul Weifel thing, I've beat a player, now I'm going to go back and beat him again, but I'm going to go back and beat him again, I'm going to take him in the corner and try and do little back flicks and get it out of the corner. Mm. We don't need that. 
you know, if you've already beat a player, you've done your job, get the ball into the middle or mm. or cut in and take it into the middle. Mm. So Martin's, Martin's guilty of that. Um, and I think you can overplay if you're trying to support and the, the big man, Fuller, ain't where he fucking should be. You know, Fuller's drifting out wide. I mean, I've posed the question and, and answered my own question to a degree, but is it time to start seeing these youngsters coming through? I suppose much depends on how well we do in the season. If we are in the, the fading position yeah. of January that you mentioned, and then we're in with a shout of big time, we Let, probably won't, will we? Well, let's remember, we've got a very big squad at the moment, and I suspect we'd like to farm a few out, but it's very difficult to shift on some of them. Yeah. So you've got <coughs> when you've got season pros or kids, who, who do you play in uh, the circumstances? I've got uh, a mate who's got a very interesting theory on this. I mean, in the old, old days, 20 years ago, you had three up, couple went. Uh, sorry, couple went up, couple went down, sort of thing. Yeah. No playoffs. Yeah. No prize money for finishing one place no, up the league. No, no. And your season was finished by March. You had seven, eight games left, and it made no difference whatsoever if you suddenly brought in a bunch of kids and lost a few games. No one was really no. at all bothered about. It. And I think we always got used to end the season seeing some kids come in. Mm -hmm. You can't do that anymore. No, no. Because with playoffs. Yeah. Either way, with three points for a win is another big factor in that. Prize money, yeah. you know, you, you just can't gamble with lots of kids. Galloway did say last year that this would be a much younger team. Yeah. And I think actually he's he's he's, he's exercising that word yeah. very well. It's not just you know, so you look, you know, Robbo's moved on, yeah? yeah. You know, and good luck to him. But actually I think it's not just a team, it's a squad. He's yeah. gonna have a much younger yeah. squad. Yeah. He's gonna have some experience in it. Yeah. You know, he's gonna need that, your your babies and that. But to me, if he's going to have a younger squad, he's got a plan. He's got to give him a go. Well, you've got to give him a go when you need to. I mean, I know the guys in the camp were really pissed off last season when um, Dunny got, I think it was his first sending off, and he, down at Brighton, I think it was, we had no right back for the next game. Mm. And the academy guys, I think, thought Josh Seifer was going to get a, a good start. Yeah. And suddenly they pulled in that Conley fell. It was absolute dodge for one game right <laughs> I, he played a couple more times but he was a waste of space waste of a wage we were a count on this shot yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and so there was this feeling there that well it don't matter what happens they're going to bring in experienced players because it's so easy to loan a player in and who's signed Colin was that Lomas that was Lomas, that was Lomas. and yeah. that pissed them off and, and, and I think what they'd like to see we've talked about we, what cover have we got for Carlos Edwards it's done at the moment arguably yeah. Got it. Oi. Oi. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah. Shit, you bastard. I've forgotten about him. That's fucked up my theory. But no, but say, say Carlos Sidwood went down and you wanted a fullback who's going to be more energetic and get forward a lot more. Yeah. Perhaps he will drop safer in there for, for a game. Um, the, the interesting and that's one when you start bringing them through. The yeah. interesting one about young players, and this is sort of, it escaped me until I was just thinking about it here, is we've let Bywater. What a crump. Yeah. No. <laughs> Actually, we've got, what, 17-year-old reserve goal now, haven't we? Yeah. I've never Denzel heard of him. Denzel older, I think, yeah. but not. Yeah. Yeah. How good is he? You know, but there yeah. must be faith in him because he's on that fucking bench. Well, yeah. And if Fordy gets injured, yeah. that kid's straight in. Yeah. The interesting thing is, why didn't he play the other night? Because... You know, against Southampton. Yeah. Because, actually, okay. all those kids coming in, if you're going to yeah. do that... Surely you want your reserve keeper to have had an experience of playing the at is, the den in front of the Are there rules on, on, the, on teams just saying, oh, we're going to tote them, you tote them, you've made them, they were, but, they were, but 
I mean, I don't know if that would be a factor where you think well, if you got rid of Ford, if you got rid of, um, you know, yeah. if, if it's a whole new side. I know they did bring one in, but I don't know if that's still a player. Isn't it a certain number of players who played in the last, last league game? Yeah. Five they used maybe to play in Manchester United and Liverpool, didn't they, yeah. in the old days, with not naming, yeah. you know, yeah. never moving. Maybe that was but it. Now we're, 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 we're but I mean, who is this guy? Does anyone know whether he's any good? Because obviously, Holloway trusts him. And he is could good. be thrown into a game like Forrest at home, couldn't he? He chose his moments of warm-up very well yesterday, when, as, as Niall Ranger was parading in front of the West Lower. Yeah. So Denzel Gerrard also went by, so he could do the round of applause and get the chant of Denzel. Yeah. So I think he must be pretty good. <laughs> must be. <laughs> On that basis. But haven't we apparently got <laughs> Five foot three, some 16, 17-year-old <laughs> goalkeeper on the books at the moment who's, uh, who's mustard? Could we have... Brought, they haven't all gotten anywhere, but haven't we brought, we brought through quite a lot of young goalkeepers in the last few years? Because we had the kid, he's now at Colchester, but we sold Portsmouth or Chelsea or whatever, wasn't it? We ended up at Chelsea for a yeah. while. Mm. We had the um, the one who Liverpool signed when was 15, mm. who mm. no one's ever seen anything. Because, again, there's such a big gap between being a, and a 19, 20-year-old goalkeeper. But, yeah. I mean, but I was talking about him. Seeing, he's, sitting know, fifth in the championship to not have a recognised reserve goalie, you know, yeah. Is that something we need to address? You're, you're talking about the kids, but you, I hope at the end of the season we'll flush out probably the best signing we've made this year is David Ford. Mm. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, he's I, I he's kept us in three games. I won't go off the kids here, but I really did think Ford was going to go. I, I really did right. think he was going to go. Do you remember when he was around with Belson mm-hmm. smoking a cigar? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, awesome. he looked like I he was off. Yeah, I thought he was off. Yeah. But no, actually, for me, I interpreted that the other way. Up until the last game, I thought he was going. Mm. Yeah. But all that with a chairman at the end with their arms around each other, that to me said yeah. that was Berylson saying we're signing this bloke yeah, no matter yeah, what. Yeah. And yeah. I have heard a yeah. rumour that Ford is now the highest paid player at the club. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It was a big contract that went in. Also, was it a three year contract he got? I can't remember. It was, the a, it was, a, it was a, a long contract for a man of his, yeah. his age. He said that, but I mean, you know, we signed Mike Taylor to replace him when he was 41. Yeah, yeah, well, goalkeepers actually going on a lot longer. I mean, you, yeah. you know, you look around the Premier League, for example. Some of those goalies are yeah, you know, that's, that's true. Robbo's gone to Pompey. Barry's mentioned that already. I mean, uh, do we realistically ever expect him to come back, or is this, is this no, um, unfortunately a one-way Waterloo to Portsmouth? I yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the loan was extended to January. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that is. Um, it, to me, it's another player that's. I, I really don't think we know the full detail of that injury yet. No. I mean, I've heard some stories about. You know, it, it was a major, major injury. It's a major surgery over in America. Mm. Um, will he ever be the player he was for us? Uh, I don't think so, because we, you know, we had high expectations of Robbo when he was playing for us. You know, he was a true leader of mm. our, our team. Mm. I don't think he's ever going to get there, and that's not so much because he's a, he's out older now. I just think it's, this this injury probably ain't done him any good. No, so I was surprised he actually come back to playing football personally. Yeah, well, yeah. I was wondering it, how it, it, it had that kind of. Feel it had the sadness feel to it to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and always and under the knife. Never. Always. They love him down there, don't they? Yeah, he's playing well for them. Yeah. Apparently, if you read the reports, it's, it's one of those you cheer tinge with sadness, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think you know. I think for Rob, it must be difficult because obviously. I think if he's a true professional, and he's always come across a true professional mm. around the club, I think he knows that you know he can't do the job that we need him to do at that level. Mm. Um, but he loves the club. Mm. I understand he was offered a role on the staff, but he, he's been straight all the way and said, look, I'm only 32. He wants to play. I want a couple more years. Yeah. Can't rule that coming yeah. back to the club. But 
Yeah. I feel like I'm going to offer something at a, at a club. Yeah. Good luck to him. You know, um, he's been a good servant to the club. Always been good around the club with the kids and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, not in a Jimmy Savile way, Robbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I think he's, he's been a good ambassador. It's that word again, ambassador, isn't it? Um, and, you know, apparently he bumped into one of our fans down on the south coast and was saying, having a bit of banter, saying, you know, that cunt done his done me out of a position. Mm. So, you know, he's he's still obviously in touch with the players. I think mm. he's he's mates with a few of them and, mm. you know, he goes with all the best for shit he does go. No, that's that, second that, that. I think when you look at him, I think barring that injury, you think how many games he's missed and he also had the cruise ship when he was young, younger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's to me, he's a player who's, who's who could have very much been right up there with the, with, with the Kitcheners at the world and the Stevens yeah. at the world because he would have been up there appearances-wise. He scored a winning goal and captained us at Wembley. Yes, which he did. Yeah. Made in the playoff games, you know, they're, they're, it's just a shame that he's he, he's it that early. You know, it's a high risk profession of football, isn't it? Is. I mean, you know, yeah, you're, you're yeah. one you're one bad tackle away from where Robbo is what, now. Was. League Two football as a best, you know. I mean, you yeah. know, if that, you know, when he came back last season with them few games, he he'd obviously lost a yard, yeah. and I don't think he had a yard to lose. If I'm honest, yeah. You know. Yeah. That's the bottom line. That's fair. Um, yeah. He will do a job at League One, League Two level. I'm sure he will for another two or three years. Um, but he, he, he can't play championship football. Picked out Jimmy Abdu, which I'll, I'll raise as we're coming towards the end of the, of the show soon. Um, once we have Chaplow, once we have Bailey, once we have Jack Powell as a regular choice, I, I'm, I'm going to guess that Jimmy's days will be... He's been written off a few times, but you can't see him being a regular start, can you? Didn't we have this conversation exactly two, years, yeah, two years ago? Two, you know, two years ago, yeah, when, when we started up, doing the podcast. He, he, he raises it, doesn't he? I mean, I've got squad play. I mean, I get, I'm, it's, it's not derogatory in, in that sense. I think there, there was a role for somebody like Jimmy Abdul's part and past of your squad, but it's very hard to see him being picked ahead of those names, isn't it? You know, he, was it from Plymouth he came from? Yeah, yeah. You know, to me, he, he's obviously, he, he must be comfortable being a squad player it's um, a not bad you know he's not I don't know has he got an agent is he pushing for a move I don't see that but my point is I don't think he can do that sort of job playing for another club no you know, no no he's, no. he's going to have some real legacy when he finishes playing football yeah around yeah. Millwall isn't he yeah, um, yeah. you know he, you know the whole you said about it earlier you know passion you know 150% mm. you know yeah okay he does do some shocking passes but he will run himself into the ground but, with that team won't he I've also just realised I mentioned once we've got Richard Chaplow back I think that's a, a oxymoron isn't it I mean he, he appeared the other night that's his yeah, first he had a good sort of 45 minutes <laughs> he never faded and went off but uh, you know with Chaplow I just don't understand what you know, I watched him when he first came into the team when we had him on loan the first time. I, I still can't work out what position he plays. No, I, I don't. No, he's one of them players where he just sort of mooches around. I don't know whether he's, he sees himself as a striker. I think. I does he? Yeah, I, think he does. I would have thought of him as a midfielder, yeah, front no. wide midfielder. You know, you can only play so many midfielders, can't you? And is he any better or different to what we've got? Probably not. Well, Bailey's out till I think it was the Ipswich game that they were naming yeah. as the probable return. I think they're being very cautious, probably, because we're doing so well without him. Yeah. You know, he, but you know, I keep going back to when he's come on, we've shifted Williams, and I think Bailey's going to be the player who's going to be directing traffic. I don't see Bailey walking back into that team. You well, know. That might out, be controversial, mm. yeah. but I don't. The way Williams is playing, mm-hmm. um, he's going centre back. I've told you. Well, I, I, I don't though, see Bailey yeah. walking in. That, I mean, Williams in, in central defence. Uh, 
got to say, it's probably going to be the expense of Alan Dunn because Beavers is not playing badly at the moment. So I'll, I'll bring... Then you've got two lefties. That's why I think it's going to be Williams and, be, uh, Williams Webster. and Dunn. Webster. Williams and Webster. Williams and Dunn's too small. Williams is not good near. No. He, he's, his timing's not very good. He gets under the ball a little bit too much. Right. I like it. Um, you know, a great player that he is. But I, I, you know, I heard a whisper in the summer they saw him as a centre back. Mm. Like being able to play the ball out from the back. Mm. Um, Webster can clearly do that. Beavers has been doing that. I wouldn't well. like to see Williams playing centre back. No. He's always an emergency. I to to make that role he's doing in front of the back four, and at times, even yesterday, you know, um, I think when we was at 2 1, we was trying to push on, you know, and he was sitting, you know, Dunn and Beavers have moved on, he was sitting there, and to me, uh, I think it was, although I said last year, he's got a left foot like a wand. You're yeah. starting to see that now, aren't you? Yeah. yeah did, did you see, though? I mean, again, at Fulham, certainly Bailey came on, Williams got shoved out, and he looked a bit lost for a while. Yesterday, at one point, he was playing a much, much higher in the second half. Yeah. But Powell was sitting back there. So yeah. he clearly sees that. Someone else can do that job, and he's yeah. quite happy to move Williams out of it. And that's what makes me think that ultimately, he we've also got a player called Ed Upson knocking around somewhere in the squad. I've heard of him. Yeah. He's just forgotten man. I'm talking about wands and magic wands yeah, yeah. that's left feet. He was yeah. going to be a free kick expert as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Upson when he when we brought him in. And is he injured? Is he injured? Yeah, he's been injured. Is he? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's he's. It's nothing sinister. About Who was the player we then said never existed last season? That was that was, that was Hoyt, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. No, um, good thing in a back on. Back on. Please, mate. No, he's he's not a well man. <laughs> three years, twenty minutes of football. <laughs> but going back to it again, if you play in this system, whether it's four two three one or whatever, some days when you're at home, you're going to want someone a bit deeper, knocking the ball around a little bit better, and that might be where it ups and fits into it, rather than, you know. Sitting there with two holders, if you like. But yesterday, I was disappointed. I thought when we were in one 0 up at half time, and they was on the, they was they yeah. they were posing no threat at all. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't bring two strikers on, and go two up front and try and get a three or yeah. four nil. Yeah. You know, I, I said to my mates at half time, Fuller's got to come up. He's absolute dog shit yeah. today. Mm. Um, I'd have put the Watford geezer on, and I'd have said McDonald, all right, you fancy playing as a striker? Today's the day you're going to show me whether you fucking can or not. Go up there and do a bit. And, you know, we might have won 3 0, we might have relieved the pressure. So there will be times when we've got to go for it, and it's having that personnel, yeah. as, as H has just said, having the personnel that can fucking vary it up and mix it up a bit. Mm. Just want to bring in, I mean, it's been a fairly good start to the season. Perhaps the only sour note for me so far was, was the uh, Ian Holloway's reaction to the Jimmy Savile. Chance versus Leeds. I just want to get your, your boys' um, take on that. Um, what did you make of the, of the comments? I mean, clearly, Mill versus Leeds is what it is. Um, the chance about Jimmy Savile had become a fairly standard feature of, of the day. Um, but there was a rather odd reaction. I mean, this just goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the show about Ian Holloway getting us, um, or does he still have this idea that he's the headmaster that's come in to? Sort out the naughty school. <clears throat> I got a bit confused because I um I think what he was trying to do he was he was he, he was labouring on the fact that we showed respect to the Leeds fans, our stewards, you know, like our staff. Right. So he was really focusing on you know we really hope we get that respect back. So he, I got it at first and he was you know we don't want to be picking up fucking tickets at motorway service that so yeah. all that. But then when I was listening to it and like I say you then like read read about it and you hear clips. I, I think he was wrong. I think, I think the comments he made were wrong. Mm. 
it, it was it was a curious yeah. turn of phrase. I mean, you use these words about uh, the, the chance, and the, the way I read it, the chance about Jimmy Stafford, which you can have your own view on. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, we'll, we'll maybe ask that in a minute. But um, the chance in, in themselves were disrespectful, given the crimes committed by Jimmy Savile, and to um, employ that subject in the context of a football match is in itself um, beyond the pale. Whether that's an argument that you subscribe to or not, I just thought it was just ill-judged, given that he'd only just taken a, past a, a good 2-0 win at the opening, on opening day of the season. Has, has he ever been on the receiving end of this sort of stuff? Because he's he got three deaf daughters or something. Wasn't there a story once that one set of fans had a go at him about his daughters? Or something? He got uh, When he signed for Millwall, he, he, he related the story when his palace manager getting badly cunted off yeah. and into the into the car. I, honestly, I don't think. It no, I don't think it was. No, that. I don't think it was us. I just wonder if he's been on the receiving this, end of this, and is it's a bit of a prickly subject with him. I think he got it wrong. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we we can all be very moralistic about these things or whatever. Most people think it's a bit of a. You know, when people sing Jimmy Savile's one year not run, they're not glorifying the crimes or making it short, short shrift of the crimes or anything. They're just trying to wind up an opposing bunch of supporters. And, 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 you know, before that, a couple of years ago, it was Shannon Matthew, what was it? The kid who hid under the bed. There was the know, Derby one. Was the it? Derby it was one, the you know, there. there's always been that sort of thing around. Well, my, um, my, M, my MD, who I work for, he's a Leeds fan. Um, and on the Monday, you know, he's got some cracking emails off him, Beth Banner, you know, fucking scum and all that. <laughs> and I just sent him the clip of, Le- of Leeds in 2012, yeah. where they first sang it. Yeah. And, yeah. and he just emailed back, I've never seen that. Yeah. No. So, well, I, famously, you know, famously, they dug out Dave Jones, who was Sheffield Wednesday manager, yeah, yeah. for alleged um, child abuse allegations that which he was cleared of. Which he was cleared of. Yeah, let's yeah. say that. Um, but obviously, in the in the, in the yeah. arena of football stadium, that no one's yeah. interested in that mud sticks. But they always used to do the Munich chants. Also, even you know, yesterday, George when did they play Bradford? When yeah. they there a picture on Twitter or something? Are there fans going in with an Israel flag on a coach going into Bradford? Yeah, there was. I saw that. So, on you know, all right, let it use without sin and all that. I mean, Leeds are not painted fucking white and white. But the thing with, I think with Holloway is he's a, he is a bit of a car crash waiting to happen to bloke, isn't he? Because do you remember his comments about a win that was a bit like pulling an ugly bird in the night? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think he uses analogies and little stories, but he's it, fucking mad, the guy. He will always yeah. drop a clanger, will he? You yeah, know? yeah. I, um, I mean that that, I mean, that that particular analogy about it's like the gentleman going out and coming home with the less than attractive yeah. bird, but you've got your leg over her, so everyone's happy. And he said the one about was, about Ronaldo being um, really good, really talented, but he's hope he's got a he's hung like an hamster or something, didn't he? What and they said, but my wife's got an hamster and that's got a massive cock. <laughs> I mean, he ain't, he ain't averse to throwing in one himself, the bloke. Someone's so. told him that he's a funny bloke and he's yeah. a, he thinks he's a comedian and I think that's the problem. I mean, he's, he's not that good a comedian and I think he thinks he is. Your, your analogy of the bloke who turns up in the pub you yeah, know, that's trying. exactly spot on, and and it's the sort of one. Yeah, he's, he's what we used to call the grenade. He's the bloke who'd throw a group of girls, knowing that when he gets in there, piss himself, <laughs> scatter, and then you go and pick you the pieces. Pick yeah, and um, <laughs> you were that man. You were I was sharp. Take a <laughs> But no, we had Fuckwit and George for that. So. Um, no, but you know, he, he he will. I think the problem is, and actually, it goes back to this whole issue about the chanting and things. In a big crowd of people, 
there's always going to be someone who takes offence at something and others who just laugh it off and think it's mm, part yeah. of it and everything in between. And I think with Holloway, we've got to look at it exactly the same. He's going to say some stupid things. Yeah. Um, why get so fucked off when just because your manager said something stupid? I mean, it doesn't... It, I mean, I experienced that myself last season with a Nelson Mandela minute silence. Mm. I think I said it before. There was, there, you know, they was doing a minute's applause for him or whatever. Mm. And I just said, all I said as everyone stood up around me, I said, I ain't standing up and applauding a terrorist. Yeah. And this mm. woman in front of me looked around as if I'd shit in a round bag. <coughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and let's just say, it weren't a nice, tidy one either. <laughs> but, but realistically, you know, I don't go out to go to the football match and offend people, no, no. but I managed to offend her. And then her son turned around and went, come on, stand up. And I went, no, I am not oh, standing no. up. So H's point is spot on again, that, you know, it's not everyone's fucking cup of tea, no. is it? And I didn't follow the Mandela thing either, and it was simple. I don't see what it was about for football. football. Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, it was just some bloody PC liberal, get it out into the public conscience sort of thing. It's nothing to do with Millwall Football Club. Uh, to me, you have a minute's silence, it should be about someone connected to the club or a big, big figure in football. So I think we've had Bobby Robson in the past. Yeah. Mm. You know, there's going to be someone again in the future. Um, but, but you know, don't start bringing did, politics into football. Full, full stop, in my view. It's, did the whole of football, you know, have a minute's applause or silence for Barry Kitchener? No. No, they didn't. Yes. And I wouldn't expect them to. No, no, that's The it. same as I wouldn't over Bobby Moore. Bobby Moore, all right, he played for England. Did he? Apparently, he won us the World Cup. But, <laughs> they got a statue to it outside yeah. of the bowling ground. But, you know, like, like should this, there's no affinity with me. I thought, you know, nice bloke, but he's dead. Yeah, cracked on as far as I'm concerned. Well, I think, again, if you're playing a team, so say, I don't know, we were playing Rotherham last week and one of the Chuckle Brothers had died and they wanted a minute's silence, you respect it. Yeah, I'd be but, straight up for that. You know, yeah. but, but that's because it's involving the players. Anything that shuts the other chuckle brother up yeah. <laughs> can only be but, good, can't but, it? But, you know, just, it, it's in the context of something, you know, for the game that's there yeah. in, in front of you. Where do we stand on vile chanting? Is there any subject that's beyond the pale in, in a vile chant? I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. No, at the end of the day, it's the No, look, get, don't get me wrong, there's things that... Get, I don't agree with the, t the Turks carrying knives bit because at the end of the day, there was English football fans yeah. abroad, and you know it all got a bit fucking naughty out in Hungary, didn't it, with knives and where that yeah. could have easily yeah. been one of us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't agree, you know, with, with charts about Hillsborough and all that because you know I was at the But you know, if if you're winding the opponent fans up, for me, that rings off limits. You know, we've had some fucking evil chants at us. Yeah. Over the years, haven't we? Well, and, and it's the same as people's reactions to humour or jokes. I mean, you know, bad humour, bad. You know, they, as soon as something happens, there's there's a joke about it, mm. and and some people take offence about it, and and you can try and draw the moral compass somewhere. But you know, some people get offended by anything to do with you know sexual violence. Mm. There's always the thing about the mum joke. You don't take the piss out of something. You mm. know, there, there's different boundaries mm. about it. And but Frankie Boyle's made a living out of offending exactly. people. Yeah. It's always he's had a go at Down syndrome kids. He's yeah. had a go well, at anyone, isn't he? We're talking about Ian Holloway's um, children, and I'm, I'm thinking, so, well, what are my own moral boundaries that I might not laugh at? I, yeah. mean, I don't. I can't actually give anyone a, a straight answer to a straight question. I was thinking, well, children and, and uh, you know issues like that. But actually, Frankie Boyle makes a, a, a career, makes money yeah. out of that very subject. I mean, you know some. Whether they're funny or not, I don't know. But some jokes about Katie Price's um, son, which you know, in the cold light day, you think, oh, 
I'm not sure about this. You're laughing at a child that's disabled. You know, is that funny? Not really. A game of football is a competition, and I actually, what you tend to find when you go to watch a game of football, you have a competition with the opposing fans. That's the reality of it. So it's an arm wrestling match, isn't it? So it's like, you know, whatever you say about us, we can say just as bad things. And unfortunately, that is the way of the world. That is English football, and, you know, we've all been following Mill for a long, long time. Yeah. And we've heard lots and lots of things. And Le- Leeds are in town. Leeds are the classic bully yeah. team. They are used to going to so-called smaller clubs and yeah. having their way. Yeah. And this is one club they come to and they don't get their they way. And that is, that is We've always had that mentality. I mean, long before any of us were properly going, the, the Den was always seen as a fortress and we, as a crowd, played our part in making it a horrible mm. place for people to come in all sorts of ways. I mean, mm. whether it be digging out players to make... You know, remember everyone talked... I mean, the most recent problem was a Huddersfield game when they said their met players just wouldn't come over and take yeah. yeah. You know, there's always been that thing. And there's a lot of people still who see it as their job to try to wind up... Like, we had it the other day with, with Ranger. Mm. They mostly do the fucking Marlon King business. Yeah, he goes and he one in the net. Yeah. You know, some players thrive on it. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, he did have a few comments and words on the way back. He oh, might yeah, no, easily get hooked for yeah, that. Yeah, no, it made um, a wanker gesture. In the most, was, but 30 years ago... But don't ago, give it, you can't take that. it back. Exactly. I mean, there was outrage at this They've just been calling him all the names exactly. under the sun. So, so why do people get so affronted by all of that? <clears> but, <sighs> you know, it's, it's... And sometimes it's genuinely funny. Sometimes it gets... Like you say, I tell it's Carrie Nice, it's just... I can't be... I don't want to joining all that sort of shit no. it's not my thing but you know sometimes it's genuinely funny and, and where do you draw the, the line I mean is, you take it out the arse is that vile because the first time that came it. up <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry I'll rephrase that it's fucking that's my Hoff tagline moment isn't it yeah. no, I mean, when let's the, move on there Derek you take it up the arse on side at Palace it was genuinely funny yeah. now it's, it's hat, but yeah. some people were offended by but it but also I mean, I mean Fulham I mean the blonde bird in the oh, yeah. in the oh, in the cottage the Craven cottage well, this, 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 I'm going to throw it she, she, she quite enjoyed that <laughs> she took photos of us all singing favourite moment of the season so far now we're back to the blonde Bird, the blonde bird at Fulham, Craven Cottage. What were your favourite moments of the season so far? I'm gonna, oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw mine in, which was the Chinese couple having their wedding photograph taken oh. in Bishop's Park, just yeah. as Millwall five thousand Millwall fans <laughs> were, were turning out, going back towards the underground station, and they're standing there tuxedoed up, and she's in a wedding dress, trying to organise a, um, <laughs> a, a wedding photo. <laughs> what, what, what added that? I can only imagine. Part, I can know? only imagine her family looking back twenty years from now, saying. <laughs> You've got a big family and then photos and there's 6,000 blokes in the background. There's a wedding album, there's some country music, like photo bomb and it going like that in, in the shop. That was you know? the best photo bomb I've ever seen in <laughs> So that's my own I've also picked out the various um, boats from the various supporter groups that have um, sprung oh. up. Um, I thought that was your own There was a, there was a flotilla. Sponsored by AWS. Or what, what's that mob called? Oh, AMS, no. isn't it? I, I think the, the, the various groups got more boats together than Euro Ferries actually own. Do they? They don't yeah. own a boat, do they? Don't yeah, but the Association of Millwall Supporters fakes that. They get loads of boats running just as Euro Ferries become our sponsor. Oh, I think that. <laughs> <laughs> the, one of the best bits of the season was the boat trip for me it was absolutely hilarious there were some real old characters I called it the panorama boat <laughs> it, was, it was they were all there they were there and the funniest thing for me is we, we've pulled pulled in you don't pull in do you yeah. the boat I can't remember moored up we, we're just about to moor up we're at Putney and there's a very posh boat 
already at the pier and they're having some sort of fancy dress party on there. Three girls have come out and they're waving to 150 of London's <laughs> And everyone's singing the usual songs to But the girls are quite enjoying it. And then this poor bloke comes out and gets all serious, ushers the girls in and tells off the 150 Millwall fans and shuts the door. At which point we then realise that the only way we can moor up is by going against their bus. <laughs> And the funny thing is, this realisation hit the geezer at exactly the same point as it hit us. And we're all singing, we're coming aboard, we're coming aboard. And he realises now, and he's battening down the hatches in real nautical style. He's shutting the curtains, the windows, because 150 of Millwall's finest have got to go across the front of his boat to get onto the pier. And it, the realisation on his face was, it, it was, it must have been his worst fucking night ever. And it, it just about tops the wedding photos for me. So it was. <laughs> it was. Brilliant. It was a funny day. Yeah. It was a good day. I don't think Fulham fully knew what it's in that day. I still don't think no. really it quite knew what happened. You know, it was. Like but it was. Thing. It was all good humour, wasn't it? I mean, this. This well, is thing. You, you know, you, 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 uh, someone had said at the time, you treat with a little bit of respect. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We're, but we won. You know, had we been 4 0 down at half time, <laughs> I've got greens. a feeling it might have gone slightly the other way. Yeah, it's very half. true, isn't it? It's very true. <laughs> so, so about Wembley, couldn't you? That cottage might have been dismantled. I think it would have, have been a listed building anymore. I think it would have been a pile of rubble. There we are. That's the show, ladies and gentlemen. Peter, Derek, Barry, thank you for coming on today's show. I just want to um, mention um, our thoughts going out to Don. Don couldn't be with us today. Um, very difficult situation for him and his family. I just want to mention um, that we're sending our condolences to him. He's had a tough year so far. So if you're listening to this, Don, um, our thoughts are with you. Um, so there's the show. Um, thank you, chaps. We'll do this again sometime in October, I hope. So thank you all. Cheers, Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.